0: Atomic bomb in the middle of Psalms. That's how our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, describes Psalm 117 today on Through the Bible. I'm Steve Schwetz, welcoming you to another great study in God's Word. Now, while you grab your seat on the Bible bus and get comfortable, Through the Bible's president, Greg Harris, is here to help us reflect on one of Through the Bible's most important values.
1: Yeah, Steve, what a joy that we get to think about the values that really guide what we do that are that are essential to what we do not just some poster we put on the wall that says here are our values yeah. and and that value you talk about it almost every day on the program and that's
0: yeah praying for the program praying right. for the ministry to intercede on behalf of the ministry of through the bible
1: exactly and when we tell the story of through the bible uh to people around the world like i just shared with our team this past week you and I met some people yeah. at a restaurant yeah. and they were just so excited to tell us how much they love through the Bible. And then in the weekend I was at a birthday party and a, this pastor said, oh, I love through the Bible. And I know that happens yeah. to you a lot. And then it happens all over the world. And that is because God's people are praying. For the Ministry,
0: yeah, now I want to challenge yeah. our listeners to pray specifically for something that we 're trying to accomplish right yeah, now, okay. so if you had to hone in on one thing, what would it be
1: uh, well you know that 's tough. You, you know. always smile at me when you ask me to hone in on something when we think about the world, but I think the one of the most pressing and largest aspects of our ministry is this shift from radio. To audiovisual and yep. television in India,
0: yeah, I, that's the one that comes top of mind to me too. Yeah,
1: plus we have over we have 150 languages in India alone. Yeah, and some of those are home group, and some of those are audiovisual. And whenever you make a, a, a transition, a ministry the size of through the Bible, I mean, remember every language is big. Yeah, and th- these are the kind of things we need God's help to make these transitions so that we're more effective. Getting the whole word to the whole world. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I remember when I first started back in the late 80s, wow. before Maybe many that people old were t- born, yeah. I know. <laughs> um, I remember that... Uh, uh, India was getting like 15 to 20,000 letters yeah. per month. Yes. Radio exclusively. And we saw that trend start to drop off right. as smartphones came in and YouTube comes up. And now we're hearing those stories and they are coming back, yes. but in the video format. So that is just such a, such an exciting way that it, it really doesn't matter. You've talked about being media agnostic. We don't care how the word of God gets out and the teaching of yeah. Dr. McGee. We just want to get it out. And God has been so faithful and blessing us in that way. So you could pray for us as we we work to make this transition. Yes. It's an important time for us. We want to make sure that we're doing it right. We want to not just move everything off of radio. We want to do it in the right timing, right. in the right languages that make sense, and we want to continue to grow the ministry and we're doing that.
1: Yes, and there are through the digital platforms people can still listen to through the Bible. It maybe not on radio, but yeah. they can hear it on apps and podcasting. So yes, uh and as you pray for your own life because I I assume that you're praying like like I know I pray every day. Lord, help me. Help me figure out where where you want me to go, what you want me to do.
0: Yeah. So let me pray for us now as we begin. Heavenly Father, I do ask that you would give us wisdom as we seek to guide the ministry through the Bible. Uh, I pray for everybody listening as well as they seek to steward the time and the resources you've given them, that you would bless them in that, Lord. Disclose yourself to them and to us now as we study your word together. In Jesus' name, amen. Now here's Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee as he leads us through Psalm 117 and 118.
2: We continue on in these psalms that are known as the Hallel Psalms. They began with Psalm 113 and go through 118. And they were sung at the three great feasts, Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And at the Feast of Passover, the cup, past seven times, and between the passing, they would sing one of these hymns. And there are others that have suggested, other expositors, that they sang 113 and 114 before the meal, and then Psalm 115 through Psalm 118 after the meal. It doesn't make any difference how you arrange it. The one that they sang last would be Psalm 118. And that is the song that's mentioned in the gospel where it says, they sang a hymn and went out. Now, we'll be coming to that. But this Psalm 117 has only two verses. And it's actually the shortest that we have in the Bible, the shortest chapter. And because of that, there is a danger of passing over it. And yet, here is, to my judgment, one of the most startling psalms that we have. It's the shortest of the Psalms, and certainly the shortest chapter. You just can't get any less than two verses in a chapter of the Bible. Now, I'm going to read it, and then we'll look at it. Oh, praise the Lord. That is, hallelujah. All ye nations, praise him, all ye people. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Now, this is a remarkable statement, so let's let's not pass over this hurriedly. Here is a statement, and it's obvious that it's prophetic. It looks to the future. When all nations and races and tribes and tongues in every continent and in every nation will join in the praise of Jehovah and will worship him as the Lord. Now, is there anything like that that's in sight in the world today? Do you see any evidence of it in your neighborhood, friends, where the world is turning to God? Oh, there was a time at the turn of the century in the good old Victorian era and the gay nineties. Why, they thought that the millennium was coming in. That was the day of post-millennialism. And it had its heyday. And a premillennialist in that day had to run for cover. They would ride him out of town on a rail. Anybody that would be pessimistic enough to say there was going to come a great tribulation period on the world. I have a question, though, to ask right now. All nations praise Jehovah. And my question is, where are the nations? that are singing praises unto Jehovah today? Where are the nations who worship and adore him and are in submission to Jehovah? That is a question that has a very easy answer. I'm confident that it would be very difficult for anybody to find a nation today. But this was the message of the prophets. Zechariah had said in Zechariah 2.11, "...many nations shall be joined unto the Lord." And then, over in zechariah fourteen sixteen, we have this statement: "It shall come to pass everyone that's left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of Tabernacles. So evidently, the worshiping of all nations is in connection with the turning of Israel to God. And the question now follows is this, when will all of this find fulfillment? Well, I think we have the answer right here in this little psalm. The how and when nations will praise Jehovah. Will you listen to this? For his merciful kindness is great toward us. Us? Yes, Israel. When God is gracious to Israel, that's coming in the future the millennium, uh, at the end of the great tribulation period when he comes to this earth and he's gracious to this nation, he'll be gracious to the nations of the earth. And at that time, why, we're told in Micah 7:20, thou wilt perform the truth to Jacob and the mercy to Abraham, which thou hast sworn unto our fathers from the days of old. And we're told in Isaiah 54, 7 and 8, "...for a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer." So, my friend, you can see that this has reference to the day that is coming, but it's a day when... All nations are going to praise the Lord. Now, do we have any inkling of that in the New Testament? You remember that the council in Jerusalem, when they met, made up of all Jewish believers. They couldn't quite understand why the prophecies in the Old Testament weren't being fulfilled. And so James got up at the end of that conference and said, Simeon hath declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And, my friend, that's what God's doing today, taking a people out among the Gentiles in the church. Church made up of people of all races and tribes and tongues that have been brought together in one body. Now, he says, and to this agree the words of the prophets, as it is written... After this, after what? Well, after he takes the church out of the world, I will return, and I'll build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I'll set it up, that the residue of man might seek after the Lord, and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is Paul, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things." This is a psalm that looks to the future when every creature on this earth will render praise unto God. And that just doesn't happen to be true today. Now, it may be over in your little corner, but here in my little corner in Southern California, there's no evidence that this area is going to turn to God. And at that time, though, we read, "...God shall bless us, and all the earth shall fear him." That is Psalm 67, 7. This is a tremendous psalm. I tell you, this is like an atom bomb put right here in the midst of psalms. And I tell you, when this little atom bomb explodes, you won't find a postmillennialist or an amillennialist anywhere because it's blown them all away. This is a great little psalm. Don't pass it by. Now Psalm 118, and now we come to a very remarkable psalm. One of the things makes it so remarkable is this. The next psalm we take up, Psalm 119, is the longest chapter in the Bible. Psalm 117 is the shortest. And between the shortest and the longest, we have here Psalm 118. That in and of itself makes it rather interesting. And it's the last, as we've already indicated, of these Hallel Psalms. And this was the psalm that that night when they gathered in the upper room those men with the Lord Jesus and they observed the Passover and yup yonder in that upper room with an air of informality and awe and sadness and joy and spontaneity and anticipation. And there they were gathered together. And when they had finished, And there on the dying embers of a fading feast, he reared a new one. You see, the Lord's Supper is not a wailing wall. It's not something that's morbid. There on the dying embers of a fading feast, he reared a new one. And out of the ashes of the past, he took bread and wine. He didn't use bronze or marble to put up a monument, but he made a monument out of the fragile and frail bread and wine and you notice that at the Passover they always had a lamb. But all we hear about here is the bread and the wine. You know why? Because the lamb was there serving him. He was on the way to the cross as the lamb of God to die. And that bread and that wine was to speak of him until he comes again. I say to you that these are the psalms they sang. And this is the one that they sang that night where it says in the Gospels, They sang a hymn and went out. It was Psalm 118. Now, that ought to make it very important to us. And there that night, when that seventh cup went around, you remember he said, I'll not drink this cup with you. I won't drink this one. He passed it on. He says, I'll drink it with you new in my Father's kingdom. But he'd already said in this Psalm, I'll take the cup of salvation. He took it yonder on the cross. And he's the lamb that shed his blood, and this cup is the new covenant of his blood. And God's good. Therefore, this is to say that God's good to us. And so let's look at it. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he's good, because his mercy endureth forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. And let Vernon McGee now say that his mercy endureth forever. And let you and you way out yonder, way out yonder in the Caribbean, way down yonder at the equator, way up yonder in Alaska, way across yonder in Okinawa, way over yonder in Europe, all of you folks. Let's all of us give thanks unto the Lord for He is good. Listen to Him. That's what He means. Let them now who fear the Lord say that His mercy endureth forever. This is a great psalm. He sang it that night. He says, I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Our Lord went to the cross, friends, without fear. Oh, he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Yet the mystery of it all was that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Now, verse 7, The Lord taketh my part with those who help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon those who hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Have you learned that? That is a marvelous lesson. A very prominent attorney here in Los Angeles. He's well known. And he's known as an outstanding Christian. He told me, he said, that when I was a young Christian, my Christian life was almost ruined. I got my eye on a man, and that man failed me. And I found out I'd made a mistake. You don't put confidence in man. The psalmist says here it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. And when he sang that, he looked around on eleven men. One of them had already gone to betray him. But those eleven men were going to be scattered like sheep that night. Don't put your confidence in man, friends. They'll let you down. Put your confidence in the Lord. Now, he says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations compass me about, but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. They compass me about, yea, they compass me about, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. And that nation, Rome, made up of a polyglot of people, they nailed him to a cross. And that nation, the day they put him on that cross... That nation was doomed, and the great world empire that had existed for a millennium, its days were numbered, and it was soon to pass off the stage of human events. Yet to come back, by the way, by the way of Antichrist. Now, I want to drop down in this psalm. It's such a wonderful one, though I hate to pass over any of the verses. But verse 14, "...the Lord is my strength and my song." And he's become my salvation. Now, this is quite wonderful. In fact, all of this is quite wonderful here. And in this section here, why, you have praise for deliverance, a song of salvation. How wonderful it is. And we read on, the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. Then listen to this, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Reference now to resurrection, but there's something else here also. They're going to survive as a nation too, by the way. The Lord hath chastened me very much, but he hath not given me over unto death. That is, he came back. And the 37th of Ezekiel makes it clear that he'll open the graves and bring them out of the nations of the world. Now, he says in verse 20 and 21 here, he says, This gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter. Now, what is the gate of the Lord? Well, the Lord Jesus made it clear. He said, I'm the door by me if any man enter in. He shall be saved. Now that door was the door to the sheepfold. He said again, I am the way, the truth, and the lie. No man cometh to the Father but by me. It's a tremendous statement. Then he moves on here. Verse 21, I will praise thee for thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. Now we have another figure of speech. The stone which the builders refused is become the head of the corner. Now, this is a stone that refers to Christ. He himself, in Matthew 21, verse 42, made it clear. And Peter, in 1 Peter, the second chapter, verses 6 and 8. I'll not turn to these. Now, he's not only here the gate and the stone, but notice verse 24 here. This is the day which the Lord hath made, we'll rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, what day is he talking about, some 24-hour day? No, the word day can be used for a period of time. It can be used for 24-hour day, and it can be used for a peculiar type of thing. It could be most anything. This is the day of the automobile, for instance. It could be used like that. Well, what day is he referring to here? Well, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We're talking about salvation. That day's already been 2,000 years long, and we'll rejoice in it. Rejoice in the day of salvation. Now, beginning with 25, here we go again with the hallelujahs. Hosanna! I beseech thee, O Lord, save now. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. Now, This means that the Lord's suppers is not a wailing wall. I repeat that. We forget that. This is the cup he drank, that you and I, our joy might be full. Now, verse 27, God is the Lord who has shown us light. Now, he's light also. Bind the sacrifice with cords even under the horns of the altar. He's on the cross. You see, for you and me, thou art my God, and I'll praise thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt thee. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, his mercy endureth forever. Friends, I wish it were possible for me to somehow or another express to you what I'd like to express of how you and I today ought to praise the Lord. You know, this little fella, I'm cabined and cribbaged and contained in this flesh. I've got the hang-ups and all of these things, but I would just like to open up like a flower and express my praise and thanksgiving to my God. Oh, my friend, to fall down and worship Him today, to praise His name and to glorify Him. That's all important. Why He loved me. He gave himself for me, Paul could say, and he loved me. And therefore, if John could say we love him because he first loved us. Then Peter says, whom having not seen, he loved. Oh, my friend, may your love and my love go out to him, praise and adoration. Now, that brings us to the 119th Psalm. We are now halfway through the Bible, which means actually... We're a little over halfway in our Through the Bible program, and we uh, will be dealing with several books that we're going to take a little more time with them. But this middle psalm that we come to now is a praise to the Word of God. I wish that I could think of some sort of celebration that we could have as we've come now halfway in the five-year program. But very candidly, I can't think of anything other than the 119th Psalm. Longest chapter in the Bible. And it has in it just about 176 verses. Every verse, with the exception of about two, and I think the Word of God's mentioned in those verses, all is praise to the Word of God. Oh, that you and I might put an emphasis today upon the Word of God we need, as believers, to put the emphasis where it should be put today. There's too much emphasis today on programs and methods and ceremonies and church activities. The emphasis should be upon the Word of God. That's the only thing God has promised to bless. He didn't promise to bless me, He never promised to bless this program, He never promised to bless any church. He has promised to bless his word. Let's get it out, friends. Until next time, may God richly bless you, my beloved.
0: Getting out the Word of God is exactly what Dr. McGee emphasized throughout his years as a pastor and as the founder of Through the Bible, and we're grateful that since that time, God has blessed this ministry in expanding from a single station in Southern California, broadcasting only by radio, to today in so many different formats in over 200 languages all around the world. You can learn more about Through the Bible's global ministry at ttb.org. Now tomorrow, we'll be in the longest chapter in the Bible. That's Psalm 119. I'll meet you back here on the Bible Bus next time as we continue this incredible journey through God's entire Word.
2: Jesus
0: Through the Bible is a five-year study of God's entire Word, and together we discover God's purposes in history and our lives, found only when we believe in Jesus Christ. Do you know Him yet?